And welcome to the Hi, My Name is Life podcast. This is episode nine. I am your host, Aaron, and my preferred pronouns are she and her. So today I wanted to talk about the relevancy of body markings in triathlon, specifically uh, your gender and age. And I kind of started asking this question after what happened at a race I recently attended to. So first, let me share what happened. I had my final race of the season uh, up north from where I live in an area that is well known for not being trans friendly. I arrived at the race, got all checked in with registration. They verified my state driver's license and USA triathlon license, received my racing packet uh, and had no issues whatsoever. I then made my way over to the transition area where a guy was stationed to do body markings. I approached him, greeted him. He immediately marked an M for male on my calf, as well as misgendering me. If it wasn't for him misgendering me, I probably wouldn't have caught the incorrect gender marked on my leg, but thankfully it did. And I informed him that I was actually female and he kind of did that, you know, looking you up and down motion with his head and didn't really believe me saying that that can't be right. And primarily focusing a lot on me having such like an, a masculine sounding voice, which I do, you know, I'm not going to deny that. But regardless, we had a bit of a back and forth. Some might say a kerfuffle about it. And at some point, he asked me for my ID, like I needed to prove myself to him, which I refused for obvious reasons, right? He was very reluctant, but eventually caved in and made an interesting attempt of making the M into a four for my age, which is 40, and then did, I think, the most half-ass attempt at an F in probably the weirdest spot. I'm not really sure what the area is called, but it was in the back of the knee where the leg bends. I don't, I don't know. It seemed like a very odd place to put it as it's in the bend of the leg and no one is really even going to see it. I feel like he could have just put it below my age for a better spot if, you know, it's so important to have this information visible. But... It is what it is. He did it. It was all just kind of very strange and unfortunate, but this isn't the first time something like this has happened to me. You know, at my very first race uh, at a local time trial since starting my transition back in 2016, uh, I had to race as male. It wasn't really because of discrimination or anything like that. It was simply a mix up with USA Cycling updating my license to reflect my gender change and it lapsing and just confu overall confusion. Um, so you can't really do much. It's out of your, it's out, it was out of my control. It was out of the race organizer's control. It is what it is. Uh, the other time was a, 
a triathlon where a volunteer made an assumption and marked my leg with an M. But in this case, I was really only a few months into HRT, hormone replacement therapy. So despite being unfortunate, uh, I could kind of understand the mix-up and the assumptions and stuff like that. But the difference, though, for this situation is... When I corrected them, they immediately apologized and were very empathetic about what happened. And they did the best that they could. So stark contrast to what happened at my last race this year. So it wasn't my first rodeo of this situation. It was more surprising encountering this at a point when I've been done transitioning for many years. You know, shoot, it's been seven years since I started but in all honesty, you know, when it, during the athlete meeting, there was a lot of praying, a lot of prayers going on. So, you know, it kind of paints a picture of the type of crowd that was attending this race and running the race. So there you go. But, you know, with what happened and everything and what happened and what has happened during this season, it kind of goes to show with what I've been doing this season is still very important and that we need to be more visible and try to get more people from the trans community involved and interested in this sport. And more importantly, we still have a lot of work ahead of us to kind of change these assumptions and stuff like that. So, you know, back to that question of why are we still requiring our gender and, you know, age to be marked on our body. I don't know if this is common practice anywhere else. Um, it could really be just a Pacific Northwest type of thing. I would love to hear if it is or isn't from all of you, you know, definitely reach out because I'm very curious. Or maybe it used to be a requirement in your area and they decided to do away with it for whatever reason. And if that was the case, I would definitely like to know kind of what drove these people to change kind of like that rule or requirement or whatever, whatever you want to call it. You know, if there was a specific reasoning of why they wanted to make that change or do away with requiring your gender and age, you know, maybe we can use that same reasoning and same justification in areas that still require it. Again, I don't know if this is like an official rule or just something that has been tradition and it's just the sport being stuck in the past and having that don't break tradition type of attitude or that, you know, if it's not broken, why fix it? I don't really know, but it's still a thing, at least in my area, Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Uh, so I decided to reach out to some triathletes uh, over on social media to kind of see why they think this information is needed. From what I got back, the vast majority had no idea why races are still doing it. But they also did provide kind of the same reasoning that they've kind of heard within the community. And I've also heard as well, that being so you can tell if you're racing the person ahead of you. Like they are a threat to your overall standings or something like that. 
I'm not really sure that that reasoning holds a lot of weight, specifically for age groupers. I mean, the likelihood that you're racing the person ahead of you and, you know, the bike or the run is slim to none, but that's just my opinion. Another thing that I could think of uh, maybe for medical reasons, but even in that situation, if you're needing medical attention out on the course, which I've needed before, the EMTs aren't rolling you over to see what you have marked on the back of your leg, right? No, you know, their main priority is to make sure that you're safe and you're all right. Um, you know, those are really the only things that I can think of of why we would need to do this. It just seems like in today's world where gender is so ambiguous, why would you, why would these race organizers and officials want to risk opening that can of worms, you know? For instance, with non-binary in the trans community being misgendered, um, or even worse, having a gender you don't identify with, you know, being branded on your body can be triggering and even traumatizing for, to that person, which spotlights kind of an even bigger issue that sports need needs to address is that, you know, there are a lot of situations where these athletes don't have the option to change their gender on, you know, a state issued ID birth certificate because, this, you know, their state or country doesn't allow it. And, you know, from what I could tell, there simply just aren't options for these athletes that are unable to update their gender on their state issued ID and, you know, I feel like should have some sort of path to allow them to be able to race as the gender that they identify with, regardless of what their ID says. So, you know, it requires them to have to deal with being categorized in race results as the wrong gender and being body marked with the wrong gender which could lead to them just simply not wanting to participate in the sport. You know, some of these people as age groupers can probably deal with having race results reflecting the wrong gender, but having the gender that they don't identify with being marked on their body can not only be triggering for dysphoria or triggering to mental health, but also can be humiliating as well. You know, if, I had to race with an M branded on my body when I'm clearly do not look like a guy, I would be absolutely humiliated. So that's a real big problem. You know, that's something that we can continue to push to think of alternatives and stuff like that, as I already mentioned before. But as for the body marking for gender, at least to me, is hindering our sports ability to become more inclusive and welcoming to these communities but also probably the easiest barrier to remove that would really take the sport in the right direction. You know, it removes that fear. It removes that possibility of triggering somebody's mental health, dysphoria, humiliation, whatever. You know, it's such an easy thing that we can change. All I can say is this, by not having this requirement could have avoided in the instances that I shared with you and not having to deal with that kind of humiliating, humiliating conversation with the body marking people with athletes all around you, you know? So 
all of it can be easily avoided by just not doing it. Now, I'm sure there are some listeners thinking, you know, why don't you just tell the person that you don't want the gender marker written on you? You know, and my response to that in a perfect world of common sense, yes, that would, (laughs) yes, that would make sense. But, you know, we don't live in that perfect world. So what you have to understand is that a lot of time, you know, these, these people are volunteers and these people are told to do X, Y, Z. And when you challenge them on something, they're most likely just going to be deer in headlights. And another thing, you know, in another case that you might be thinking is just like, hey, just have the volunteer go ask somebody what to do in this case. Again, that would make a lot of sense. But you have to realize once transition opens, that line can get really long and really busy. And when transition opens, the clock starts. And a lot of the times these people can't just leave and try to track down an official to ask what they should do in a situation like this of someone refusing body markings, right? You know, we have all been at race starts and it's, you know, race officials and race organizers are all over the place and it's really difficult to track anybody down that would be able to answer the question. So, you know, thinking about all of that, they're just going to do what they're told because that's the, you know, the path of least resistance. And Lord knows I've tried on some occasions to ask them to not even bother doing it. And these those are the reactions that I received. And it was just like, I'm told to do this, so I need to do this. And I'm sure a lot of cis people are thinking that, you know, this thing is so insignificant that these communities should just kind of deal with it because of how insignificant it is. Um, And I'm sorry to I'm sorry to tell you, but you're part of the problem that is hindering the sport from evolving with the times. You know, it may seem insignificant to you. But, you know, these communities can see it as being the Great Wall of China between them and wanting them to participate in in the sport that they enjoy. If we're not, you know, if we're not able to change something as easy as not requiring marking your gender on your on the back of your leg, you know, Heck, how are we going to change the much larger issues plaguing our sport and other sports today, you know, with regards to trans women? You know, how are we supposed to tackle this if we can't even figure out the low hanging fruit is really what I'm trying to say. If you tackle and change these quote unquote insignificant things or like I call it low hanging fruit, you know, you start building up these small victories that will start growing and growing and apply more and more pressure to these big boys at the top of these sports governing bodies to get with the times and welcome positive change, right? Or at the very least, get them to come to the table and actually discuss how can we be more inclusive instead of just outright banning trans women? Um, 
wow, you know, this is this just this short episode has taken a long time for me to get out, um, mainly in part of my brain injury, which I kind of shared on an Instagram uh, reel, I guess is what they call it, of, you know, having a really hard time trying to stay on topic, forgetting what I've been saying um, and repeating what I say all the time. So, you know, I've been attempting to record this probably, you know, went more than 20 times. And at this point, I kind of just need to get it done and needed to get it out. So I, I wrote a script and I was pretty much just reading a lot of it um, in this episode. So if it kind of sounds robotic, I apologize for that. But that was the easiest way to get what I wanted to talk about out. And even even reading a script, I feel like I kind of re repeated myself in, you know, and everything like that. And that's just the nature of the side effects of my brain injury and stuff like that. But I definitely really apologize if this episode seems chaotic and kind of just like jumping all over the place. I'm just really tired of re-recording this over and over again. So, you know, just bear, bear with me. And hopefully it was coherent enough that I got my message across in an understandable way. <laughs> so thank you all for understanding about that. Um, but also, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I truly appreciate all the continued love and support for myself and this new podcast. If you would like to help support the show, of course, the best way to do that is subscribe, maybe drop a like if your app does that, uh, or leave a review. I always enjoy the feedback. If you would like to reach out to me, you can find me over on Instagram at hi, my name is underscore Aaron, or you're welcome to send in an email at podcasts at hi, my name is Aaron.com. And how I like to end all of my episodes, just a friendly reminder that anything is possible. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>